Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading and joining me via the miracle of the internet is Jeff Baumgartner in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Doing well. And you are at CES, the world, as it says, the world's gathering place for all who thrive on the business of consumer technologies. Well, that sounds wholesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that's totally the feeling I get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading from the CES media site. Uh, so they uh, last year they had uh, 2.9 million net square feet of exhibition space, and they attracted, uh, uh, what does it say, more than 175,000 industry professionals. And so I guess my first question for you, since you are there on the ground in Las Vegas, is uh, how crowded does it feel compared to years past? Um, uh, what, what's the elbow room like? Well, what, what's kind of interesting, I mean, yeah, it has seemed uh, pretty busy at, at the venues I've been to. Now, the weird thing is, you know, the way this show has evolved, it, it's kind of become very much, it's become more fragmented in terms of where all the action takes place. Yeah, I mean, I've been here since uh, a couple days, and I have not even set foot at the, uh, the, the, the regular Las Vegas convention center. Uh, so they've done a decent yeah. job of, I guess, yeah. mitigating the elbow room problem by yeah. simply uh, spreading it out all over the entire surface of the city. Pretty much. I mean, I was at the Venetian yesterday and yeah it was uh around the convention area over there i mean it was it was uh you know pretty pretty busy there i was over at the aria because you know the, there's a lot of advanced advertising and and uh, marketing stuff happening over there and you know it was buzzing too i mean it, uh so i mean you can definitely you know feel that uh uh you know that there there is a very big crowd here it's just uh yeah you know concentrated in all these different areas yeah yeah that makes sense um it it's it's also just a uh that's both the the cool thing about ces and also the nightmare of it is the fact yeah. that you can literally for a week access just about anybody in the technology industry but the problem with that is you know getting a cab getting coffee um, and and finding out that you're on a completely different end of the city than someone you're trying to reach. Yeah, I mean that that kind of uh, kind of plays into you know how productive you can actually be here. You know, it's like you almost have to concentrate all your meetings in one area in one day or one half of the day, and then uh, another half uh, you know of the day you have to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, so that so you have to kind of almost build a battle plan in terms of where you're going to be each day and try to get everywhere you can. Or you yeah, need that, to be. that is a cool part about sort of having you there is that we know you're not trying to boil the ocean and cover every single gadget that's out there, but you're mostly focused on, you know, the cable video segment, uh, over-the-top video, some of the new streaming platforms. So what's been, um, you know, what's kind of standing out as your as your, and I know how these things are too, you kind of, you, you yeah. spend days just gathering stuff. So what's what's sort of, what have you underlined in your notebook so far as like things you might either follow up on or things that are worth, uh, worth repeating in a news context? Yeah. I mean, the big fear out here is always like, what am I missing? You know, is yeah. anything big happening that I'm not aware of? Um, yeah, I mean, so far, yeah, there hasn't like kind of what we expected. I mean, there, there's really, we haven't seen anything like earth shattering 
yet, you know, in terms of, oh, this is going to change everything, you know, uh, that's not, there's a lot of, uh, you know, new incremental things that uh, tend to happen. Uh, they just kind of build on, you know, things from last year. But the, you know, as far as like what I was focused on, um, you know, there was some activity kind of in that, uh, you know, video streaming arena, you know, it's a pretty competitive area, you know, yeah. there's a couple things, you know, TiVo, uh, you know, is getting into the, the mix with this new uh, TiVo Stream 4K product, you know, and it's going to be a retail product, but they also want to sell it through their uh, pay TV operators that, uh, you know, maybe want to uh, distribute to their broadband only customers, but still kind of retain a uh, video relationship, you know, so we're yeah. seeing a lot of that. So TiVo's jumping on that one and then you know amazon you know fire tv has been a big retail thing for them but uh you know they're moving ahead with an operator tier you know so kind of going after uh you know that market which uh you know tivo you know has been involved in but really android tv with google i mean that's kind of been where they've hung their hat so i think amazon sees that as a growth opportunity so they've jumped in there uh you know and then comcast even you know i'd talk to them this week a, a little bit about kind of an update on their flex platform which is uh, like a smart home video streaming mm-hmm. service for broadband customers and broadband only customers and you know they were just you know, i asked them you know about virtual mvpds you know it made a lot of sense for them to integrate those services they haven't made any commitments yet but uh you know they pretty much said that they're you know ex- uh, definitely having discussions and exploring that so you know a lot of activity there you know in both cases, with Amazon and with uh, TiVo, it sounds like they're giving they're giving broadband operators or you know or broadband service providers a chance to participate in uh, well, I guess in two things. First of all, the systematic, the continued destruction of the pay TV market, <laughs> right? But yeah. also uh, the the uh, you know giving them that demand generator for broadband because it's like, boy, how could you ever get rid of your broadband connection or downgrade it if you're doing all this cool 4k streaming? Right. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, kind of another piece of the puzzle, right. As the, the traditional pay TV business, you know, continues to erode, you know, and I think from Amazon standpoint, it's like TiVo and Amazon were kind of, uh, kind of going and kind of filling a different gap, you know, in, in their product mix. You know, TiVo had been, you know, obviously been working with pay TV operators for a long time, but, you know, this is kind of a uh, kind of an OTT based service, you know, and then Amazon, I think, wants to, is, is trying to create a version of Fire TV that would allow, you know, a cable operator to uh, build, you know, kind of a next gen video service, you know, using that platform and, and kind of optimizing it for the cable operator or the, uh, you know, the video service provider where, you know, their content, you know, would, would uh, be prioritized mm. on the Fire TV platform versus, okay. you know, the retail thing, which is, you know, probably led by Amazon's right. stuff, but, yeah. but, you know, just a free for all with apps and other services. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I I wonder too. Like, what what do you think TiVo's chances are in terms of? I mean, because they they tend to be of, of all of these companies. They they, I guess they've they've been a bit more neutral in terms of uh, uh, you know, going after the pay TV market. I guess 
you know, because because they've been mostly recording devices and sort of helping people uh, provide a better pay TV experience, not necessarily leave it behind. Yeah, I you know, I think part of me is wondering, hey, is this you know too little, too late? You know, has that train already left the station? You know, because you know Roku and, and Amazon and uh, Apple TV to a degree, and uh, you know have have already kind of uh, dominated that market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. TiVo does have some brand recognition, but, uh, you know, I think at this point, a lot of people have already, uh, you know, kind of made some, you know, consumers have kind of made some bets in terms of what platform they're going to use. Um, you know, maybe to TiVo's advantage is, you know, that instead of doing something uh, from scratch, you know, they are using the Android TV platform so that, you know, that feeds into Google's ecosystem, you know, okay. um, yeah. and what, you know, good or bad comes of that. But, you know, there are some advantages there, too. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that um, yeah, like you said, it gives them a development uh, boost. They don't have to start from scratch, and uh, that certainly helps. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a good question. Is it too little too late? Because I, 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 uh, Tebow does have a really good brand. It's very recognizable and it's very associate, you know, it's something people associate with a good TV experience, but, but yeah, they really, they really haven't been in the streaming game very strong, strongly. And, um, and I, I, I guess the big question then is going to be, um, for Tebow, you know, for Tebow is, since all these consumers probably have already made a choice in that space, probably the Roku device or something else, um, is there enough growth left in that market to, you know, accommodate more, more hardware platforms and that sort of thing? And I would assume so if pay TV continues to decline, traditional pay TV continues to decline at the pace that it's been falling, right? I mean, they, you know, at least one provider AT&T or DirecTV has been losing like a million subscribers per quarter. Yeah, I think for, you know, I think that's, you know, a good point with respect to like what, what TiVo is trying to accomplish here, but also why in a way they're kind of hedging their bets or maybe even spreading their bets a little bit by making this uh, stream product something that they can sell at retail, you know, because their retail business has been treading water, quite honestly, yeah. forever. Right. Um, uh, but also, um, you, you know, having that pay TV partnership kind of come into play. I mean, that, that's kind of been where they've had, uh, they've been a lot stronger is there. And I think, uh, you know, the old model of using, uh, you know, big set tops that have cable cards in them, you know, yeah. that's definitely like an old world thing. And, uh, at least with stream 4k, you know, you kind of get into the, uh, IP delivered, uh, video service, you know, a small device, you can use a cloud DVR, you know, they're, they're teaming up with Sling TV. Uh-huh. Uh, I forgot to mention that is kind of their preferred virtual MVPD to be integrated on that, that service. So, you know, you could see maybe, you know, a cable operator going, well, you know, I want to maintain a video relationship with, uh, you know, people who are cutting the cord with video. So maybe I offer this to them, uh, you know, they can get live TV through, uh, sling TV and, you know, they get some sort of, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the financial aspects of that co-marketing deal would be, but I mean, they got to get a little piece of something there, but also, you know, at least have a video option 
you know, available to the, the broadband customers that are, you know, very important to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, uh, and Sling, just so people are keeping up with all the players on the chessboard, Sling is still owned by Dish. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah so, so, so this is the, the Dish family of, of products. Again, another pay TV company that's uh, made a made a, a pretty big bet in streaming or um, uh, you know subscription video on demand. I guess is what we're calling it these days. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, I, I, I guess we need to leave you alone. Get, let you go get breakfast uh, and, <laughs> and attack the day and uh, go see some stuff. Uh, so we'll check in with you later in your uh, CES visit. Uh, Jeff Baumgartner, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks, Phil.